Welcome, this is the Smokey Acre Podcast, and I'm your host, Charlie, and today I'm accompanied by Nika, who is asleep on my lap right now, keeping my lap really warm, so hopefully she just keeps sleeping here and doesn't get too fussy, otherwise I might have to pause this episode. There's also so many other noises happening around me, so hopefully I don't get too distracted, like I don't know if you can just hear that rooster, they're being super noisy right now. And I have a cat running around the hallway outside this room making tons of noise. And Kyle is working on some sort of project. So I keep hearing a drill and all other sorts of tools going off. So hopefully I can stay focused and it's not too distracting for me or for you. Um, Today though has been kind of a gloomy day in Duluth. It kind of looks like the sun is starting to peek out a little bit this evening. But it was kind of foggy and... A little rainy last night and this morning so haven't done all that much outside mostly just got my house in order just got done milking the goat not too long ago her name's Amity and she is one stubborn goat to milk so that's always a little bit of a challenge and I decided while I had a chicken and broccoli casserole in the Instapot that I'd get on here and record this next episode. So here I am. It has been a little bit warmer today though, which is nice. We're finally back up in the 50s and we definitely needed the rain. Over like Mother's Day and a couple days after that, we had some freezing temperatures and I've just been waiting for it to warm up and for it to rain so that I can get all my stuff in the garden because all my sprouts that are sitting in my porch right now are getting antsy and they're ready to get in the ground. Plus on Mother's Day, my my mom came to town. We I had a couple flowers that I wanted to put around where my planter boxes are. So we put those in, but I didn't take a look at the weather and we had two nights of freezing temperatures and a couple of them are doing all right, but a few of them are looking pretty sad. So. Hopefully, now that it's getting nicer, they'll perk back up a little bit. I've been in the middle of reading The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. I know I'm a little late to the party there, but Kyle and I were talking about starting a new show. We just finished Little Fires Everywhere with Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington, which was such a good show, but there was only one season and a very intense season. But we were looking for another show and we saw The Handmaid's Tale on there. Neither of us have seen it yet. So I decided I had the book, so I might as well read the book first before we get into that show. So I've been reading that. I'm a little over halfway done. It's definitely interesting. We've also just been getting things set up around here. So getting ready to put stuff in the garden. We got my garden posts up and we got everything just put in electric fencing, um, like the solar electric fencing for around it to try to keep the rabbits and the deer out. And we need to finish that fence. Um, Once it gets a little bit nicer outside, we'll probably do that tomorrow. So get that all set up and then I can get my garden going. Also, the past couple days, Um, We were up in the International Falls, Little Fork area. My family owns a cabin up there. We've always called it the shack. I believe that's kind of like a northern Minnesota thing to call it a shack instead of a cabin. Although 
a few years ago, my grandpa rebuilt the place, and it's definitely a really nice cabin. Not so much just a shack, so... But that's what we call it, so if you hear me refer to the shack, that is what I'm talking about, and that's just right outside a Little Fork. So Kyle and I went up there with our brush cutters and rakes and all sorts of things because we were starting to clear some of the fields that are completely filled with brush. It's mostly wooded, but there's a couple small little field areas that are just all covered in brush and we started clearing those because as many of you know, Kyla and I got engaged this past August and when we were looking for venues and a lot of the places here in Duluth that we were looking at, although they're beautiful, none of them really jumped out at Kyle and I and we're just looking for something really low-key it's gonna be really small just immediate family some close friends other than that it's not gonna be anything too big or elaborate or anything like that so we've just been looking for something that like meant something to us and also didn't break the budget and Kyle came up with the idea of having it up at the shack because um, there's over a hundred acres there and it's absolutely beautiful and we were talking about September of 21 for our wedding so beautiful fall colors in September and I asked my grandpa who owns the property and he graciously is allowing us to do that and so we went up there to start clearing the fields and one field is going to be where we'll let our guests have the option of camping on the property instead of driving the 30 minutes to International Falls to stay in a hotel. They could just bring a tent and camp on the land. And then another spot that we cleared is going to be for parking. And then there's a third spot that we just basically had to mow and clear a little bit where the ceremony is going to be overlooking the river that's on the property. So... That was really exciting to be able to go up there and start to really visualize where our wedding is going to be and come up with lots of fun ideas and work out some of the details. We still have well over a year to plan all, all the details, but it's always fun to think about. And, and while we were up there, I was actually talking to my grandpa about his maple syruping because last episode, I did the whole episode on maple syruping and... So we were talking about that and he was saying that over the years he has a different product every single year. Uh, so that I thought was really interesting that he never has, it's not ever the same year after year, it's always slightly different. So that's just something to note too that when you're maple syruping that it's going to be, you're going to get a different product every year and that just really depends on so many different factors too. I also wanted to correct myself because in the last episode I said we got just over nine gallons of syrup at the end of it all, but I forgot to include the amount of syrup that it took to make the maple candies, which was about a gallon. So really we were about just over 10 gallons of maple syrup, so that's just a small correction there. Now the real reason that we are here today is to talk about naturally dyeing clothes. So on Mother's Day, I had my mom bring some of her couple white shirts and um, a couple 
long white sleeve shirts and I think one of them had a little bit of color in it and I had a couple white t-shirts a couple other things too that were just getting kind of dingy you know when you have something that's white if you've worn it over and over again it either starts to not be as white or you've always seen t-shirts when they start to get like yellowy or discolored in the armpit area or they're just like not looking as fresh and crisp as they usually do so I really wanted to do something about it because the shirt is perfectly fine and it just needed a little refresher so I was looking into ways that I could naturally dye my clothing so not buying pre-made dyes at a store that have chemicals in them but utilizing things that I have in my kitchen already to dye the clothes. Looking into it more and more, it was looked so doable and I had so many options of things that were already in my kitchen that I could dye clothes with. And sure, the color might fade over time. I might have to re-dye them after a few uses, but still it was a really fun thing to do with my mom and we got some really cool results, so I just kind of wanted to dive into that and talk about my first experience with using natural dyes and the things that went really well and the things that I would maybe change for next time. So starting off, I'll just kind of talk about the different things that I use to naturally dye my clothes. So one of the first items I used was the water from cooking black beans. I had dried black beans that I had cooked for making tacos one night and after cooking them you have your water that's left over in your pot and it's really dark in color. I saved that in a jar in my fridge. That is supposed to be like a violet or a blue color in your dye so I used that and then I also used had a box of wine where I had it for too long didn't taste as fresh so it was in my cupboard I was using it to cook every once in a while but I wasn't just gonna drink it so I used red wine as well and that is supposed to create like a pink or a purple I also used onion peels like the outside part of the onion uh, I should say yellow onion peels and that is supposed to be an orange color. I also use spinach, which is supposed to be green, and avocado pits and peels after being cleaned. And then that is supposed to be a peach color. I also used turmeric, which is supposed to be a very like vibrant yellow. So those are the things that I used. Um, and when you're getting into it too, first, of course, you find the clothes that you're gonna dye. You want to make sure that they're clean you're not going to be dying any dirty clothes um, and I recommend things that you are just like not wearing as much or maybe it's a favorite item but it's starting to look a little dingy or maybe you found something at a store and you really love the shape of the item but you're not a huge fan of the color and the item doesn't have to be white either I dyed a light yellow shirt of mine so you can really use anything that isn't super dark and you can dye it and just alter the color of it too. But yeah, first you want to find the clothes that you're going to dye. I recommend linens and cottons, which are both work good for dyeing. 
wools and silks, the more natural the fabric they are, the best they're going to be. So wools and silks are going to be really great for dyeing. Linens and cottons, good, but not as great. And then you're not going to want to dye any sort of synthetics or polyesters. I tried to dye this shirt that felt almost like a cotton blend of some short, some sort. So I tried to dye that one and I had it in the onion. After leaving it overnight, I took it out and there was no color in it at all. And I just assumed that it was, I did something wrong with the dye. Well, I put a different towel in that dye and that towel came out bright orange. Or not bright orange, little dub, but it is pretty vivid orange. So it really, and then I went and looked at the tag of this shirt and it says 100% polyester. So just note that your polyesters or your synthetic fabrics are not going to take any of the natural dyes. They cannot adhere to those fibers. So after you found the clothing items you're going to dye, you're going to want to pre-soak the fabrics. Pre-soaking them, um, I know a lot of different videos and articles and all sorts of stuff that I was reading and watching they use a mordant when dyeing clothes. So when you're pre-soaking your clothes, you're pre-soaking them in, with water and some sort of mordant, which you can use alum or aluminum, which comes in and it comes the same brand, McCormick. However, I didn't have that and due to the stay-at-home order, I wasn't about to go to the store and try to find it. So I decided to skip past pre-soaking my clothes in a mordant and instead I just got my clothes wet in water, like soaked them in water. And then I added a tablespoon of vinegar, white distilled vinegar, to my actual dye, almost like you would do with an Easter egg. But I added a tablespoon of white vinegar to my dye and the dye has still seemed to adhere to the clothing just fine. So I don't actually know how much of a role that mordant plays. And someone who's much more experienced in dyeing clothes and has been doing it for a long time can probably tell you more. But just know that I did it without the mordant and it still seemed to work out okay. But you are supposed to pre-soak the fabric in that. Um, and then when it comes to your food scraps, so whether that is the onion peels, the spinach, the avocado pits, your turmeric, your wine, your black beans, you can also use teas, coffees, purple cabbage, beets, blueberries, basically any sort of food that's going to be high in tannin content. So like when you hear tannins, you often think about wines. But tannins are going to be in tons of different foods. You want a food product that has high tannin content. And then you want to make sure those food scraps are clean. So making sure you rinse off your avocado pits and your avocado peels. And then once they're clean, you can put them in a, a pot of water for boiling with salt. And you're going to want to boil them, bring it up to a boil, turn it down to a simmer, and let it simmer for an hour. Now, I did this, but I forgot the step of adding salt. And you can see how later on how that affects 
a lot of the outcome or not a lot of the outcome but it does affect the outcome of a few of the items so that is something I recommend is adding the salt. So once you've let that boil or simmer for about an hour you'll want to strain out all the leftover food scraps and then all those food scraps can just go right into your compost. You'll strain it out so you don't have the avocado pits and peels. I just used five gallon buckets, poured my dye in there, and then I put the clothing items that I wanted there and I didn't tie dye so I didn't use, I didn't rubber band any of them to make cool designs. I just put the whole item into the desired color that I wanted and then I let those soak overnight. So I let mine soak for overnight, but you don't actually have to let it soak overnight. You can soak it for a couple hours, but your color is going to be less vibrant. So or the longer you leave it in the dye, the more vibrant the color is going to be. So just take a note of that. Once you have left them in for the desired time, you'll wring them out and then you will rinse them with cold water. You can either do this in a cold water bath where you just keep switching out the water until that water is clear. Or I just turned on my faucet and rinsed the clothes really well until the water started running clear. And then I wrung out all the clothes and you'll want to hang all these clothes to dry. So I hung mine to dry on my clothesline and you'll want to do it in a shady spot. When I put them out to dry, they were it was super shady where my clothesline was. Well, by later in the day, the sun had come out and on one side of the clothes, the sun was shining on them and that side ended up being a little more faded than the other side. So just note that if you have it out in the sun, it will fade the color while it is dry. After that, you'll have your finished product and for future care, they recommend in all the articles and videos I was watching to hand wash these items because if you're washing them in your washing machine, they're going to lose the color much faster. If you really don't care that much and you kind of want to dye it again in the future and you're okay with re-dyeing it more often, you can throw it in your washing machine. I just recommend washing it on cold. So if you wet wash it on warm or hot, it's all that color is going to be gone in that first wash. So wash it in cold water or hand wash it if you want it to last longer. And then you can always re-dye these items in the future because they are natural dyes, they will fade, but the fun part is, is if you have one color and it completely fades, you can dye it in a different color and have a completely different shirt a few, a year or so later. I am not an expert in any of this. I just wanted to be able to talk about my experience with it. And so if you want more information, I watched a couple different YouTubers. Um, one of them was the My Green Closet channel. The other was a video by Nifty by BuzzFeed if you're looking for something really short and simple. Um, I also watched a video by Rose Uncharted and those were both very helpful. And part of the inspiration for this too was by a local Duluthian, the Ochre Stone Vintage. She has so many cool vintage items and she started doing all of these hand dyed and reverse dyed items that turn out so cool and looking at them I was like I wonder if I can do something like that which my products did not turn out as cool as hers but it was still kind of fun to experiment and get that inspiration from her. 
So now with the outcome of it all, I had various outcomes. The color that ended up being most vibrant was the turmeric. The turmeric was super bright yellow. The color clung onto it, the fabric, really well. They were super vibrant. And I even put a sports bra in there the next morning that I found. And the, in an hour or two that I even had, it wasn't as vibrant as other clothes, but it still had a lot of color in it. So the turmeric was the best result out of all of them. Okay, so I just have to interrupt this episode real quick to share this little tidbit with you because it happened after recording this episode. I wore the yellow t-shirt that I dyed with turmeric all day long while I was out in my garden and after being out there, working hard all day, sweating, I came inside, I was going to take a shower. I lifted my arms to take my hair out of my ponytail and my armpits were a deep red. The color of the t-shirt in the armpit area where I was probably sweating the most was a completely different color. So I just wanted to share that with you before you dyed a shirt with turmeric and then wore it to work. Luckily it's COVID-19 season and I was not out in public but I did not want that to happen to you. So I just needed to share that with you real quick and now we can go back and resume the episode. I also had pretty good results from the red wine. It was definitely more of a purpley pink color, but that turned out really pretty on this button-up shirt that I have. One that I wasn't that impressed with, although many of like the articles and YouTubers and everything love the avocado pits and peels, this like peachy color that it makes, I was not a fan. I did a sports bra, my mom did a long sleeve shirt, and it just made our clothes look really old and dingy. Like it looked like they had been worn for 50 years. So I just was not a huge fan of that color. Another one I wasn't a huge fan of was the spinach. It was supposed to be green, and there was some green. It ended up mostly just looking like grass stains though because it wasn't fully dyeing the whole entire item. It just dyed some spots, and it just looked like grass stains. So that one I wasn't a huge fan of. Now, the onion peels, like I said, I had done that one shirt, and I didn't think the onion peels worked at all. I was like, well, that was a bust. That one didn't work. But then I put that other towel in there, And it ended up being a really pretty color. So I think that's one that I want to redo in the future and just use an item that is like a cotton, a linen, a wool, or a silk and see how that turns out because I'm always having extra onion peels around and I would just be putting those in my compost anyway. So why not try to make them in dead dye? Um, I also had mixed results from the black beans. It was a very pretty lavender color, which looked really pretty on the shirt that my mom did. On the shirt that I did, it ended up looking more gray than it did lavender. And then I put one of Kyle's white t-shirts in there, thinking that it was going to be more blue. And we actually had some funny results because this is what I was talking about 
saying you maybe want to add salt to all of these because his shirt was lavender but the armpits of the t-shirt were bright blue. So <laughs> the area of the shirt that maybe had some residual sodium in it were blue. And I think if I would have just added more salt, because uh, there was salt in that water when I was cooking the black beans, but not that much. So if I would have added more salt to the actual dye, I think the color would have been much brighter blue than it was lavender. So that's just something that I recommend. I also really want to try beets in the future just because beets already have a really pretty color. And I'm going to try re-dyeing a couple of the items that didn't work out that well with coffee because I think that could turn out really cool as well, a nice neutral tone. And then I also saw in a couple of videos people using purple cabbage for purple or blueberries for like another bluish purple and that ends up being a little more purple I believe too. So those are just some ones that I wanted to try in the future. If you have any questions, feel free to message me. But like I said, I'm not an expert in any of this. I just thought it'd be fun to kind of share my experience with it. I'll update you in the future if I decide to try any of these other options or try it again in the future. And then if you want to see photos, I will be posting photos of all the results on Instagram at Smoky Acre Farm. I'll also be posting uh, one a set of photos before then of some of the other things that we're doing around here. So feel free to check that out. And I look forward to talking to you next time where you actually get to meet Kyle a little bit more. I'm going to have him on and just talk about some of the things he likes to do. So look forward to talking to you next week and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.